0: You're listening to the Godfather and Gorney podcast on Rivals.com with your hosts, the Godfather of Recruiting, Mike Farrell. Ho, oh, oh, ho, oh, oh. ho, 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 this podcast is taking a turn. And National Recruiting Analyst, Adam Gorney.
1: We once spent a New Year's Eve together in Denny's in San Antonio, and it was really the low point of my life.
2: That's right, welcome into another edition of the Godfather and Gorney Podcast. My name is Dave Berry, producer of the show, and I'm joined by the stars of the show, the Godfather, Mike Farrell. He is on Twitter, at RivalsMike, and Adam Gorney, he's on Twitter, at Adam Gorney. Guys, we've got a few things to talk about here today. Uh, We're going to talk some transfers, uh, five stars, as we we come into our new uh, rankings here in the next few weeks. So let's get right into it, Mike. I know you wanted to start off with transfers, so I'll let you go there.
0: Yeah, I wanted to start off and say how cranky I am, first of all. Can I get up that out of the way?
2: <clears throat> because What else is new?
1: Because you
0: know what next week is? Next week is rankings meetings. So that means that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and maybe Friday, we'll be in rankings meetings probably for, I don't know, what, seven, eight hours a day uh, going through the 2019 and 2020 classes. So I get to spend a lot of time on the phone with my colleagues, which is so exciting. Um, but this week is spreadsheet week. This is where everybody sends me their projected changes and it is just unbelievable minutia. There are probably, I don't know, over 1,200 changes that are gonna occur in our rankings. So for people who like rankings, it's very exciting and we'll be releasing those, it looks like June 11th, 2019, and then June 18th for the 2020 class. So those will be exciting, but the the behind-the-scenes on it's not quite as glamorous as people think. So, uh, makes me a a little bit cranky. But that's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna push through. That's what my.
1: You have to tell them how the sausage is made, Mike.
0: Yeah, it's ugly. It is an ugly, ugly process. You know, and I'm not Mr. Technology either. I'm sure there's an easier way to do what I do. But I'm still sitting here with Excel spreadsheets, you know, and cutting and pasting and uh, doing all this other stuff. I'm sure there's some program out there where I could talk into my computer and it would make all the changes for me. But uh, I'm an old man. But let's talk transfers. I did an article last week, 10 Big Time Transfers Who Could Make a Big Impact. If you want to find that article, just Google that particular title, 10 Big Time Transfers Who Could Make a Big Impact. Um, And then just combo rivals.com. Leading the way, Shea Patterson, Gorney, you and I have talked about, is Shea Patterson worth, I'm going to give you an over or under. Over under yeah. victories for next season, Shea Patterson, two point five.
1: That he's <coughs> that he's responsible for yeah, that they that him and yeah.
0: quarterback is going to make such a difference that he's going to win either three games or less than less than uh, less than three games. Two point five though, because that way you can't push.
1: I I would say uh, over, and so here's why. So they'll they'll they'll. Play with Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame is going to be very, very good. Uh, that's kind of a toss-up. Western Michigan's a win. SMU's a win. Nebraska's a win. Northwestern's a win. Maryland's a win. Wisconsin's a loss. Michigan State is a loss. Penn State's a loss. Rutgers is a win. Indiana's a win. And Ohio State's a win. So what is that? Eight and five? So I'll go under.
0: Yeah, you got to go under because eight and five is not that great.
1: Or, uh, I'm sorry. No, let's say Notre Dame is a loss. Wisconsin is a loss. Michigan State's, a, yeah, they're going to be seven and five.
0: Seven and five, so that's uh, that's at
1: best, let's say eight and four. That's still not two and a half. So I'm going under.
0: Me too. You know, and I think it's not just because Shea Patterson isn't a very good quarterback. I mean, last year they went eight and four. So you're you're essentially saying they're going to regress and move backwards. Can you imagine the fan base uh, and and the national attention that Michigan gets if they move take a step backwards?
1: Well, I think the hype on Shea Patterson is that he was just so unbelievably great at Ole Miss. And he was a fine quarterback, but he didn't put up huge numbers. He obviously has injury concerns. And, uh, you know, Michigan's offensive line is going to be a a question mark. Their defense is going to be phenomenal. And so maybe I'll give them eight or nine wins as I review this later in the summer and kind of see exactly where I think they'll finish. Um, Their defense is going to be so good. That their offense, even if they continue to struggle, will probably let them win a game or two here or there. Whether that's Notre Dame, Penn State, who comes to who comes to Michigan, uh, they're not going to beat Ohio State. Possibly beating Wisconsin, who comes in. Possibly going to Michigan State and winning. So if everything falls right, um, you know they could have a really good season. I think the receivers are going to be very good. Tariq Black will be back. Donovan Peoples Jones is very good obviously the running game is going to be very good but that offensive line is still going to be a question mark so that defense absolutely loaded and will probably make them win a game or two but if you're talking two and a half more wins i would probably lean on going the under
0: yeah i'm I'm the under as well and it's nothing against him and the reason is not what he did at old miss he didn't do that much at old miss i think it's more um the hype coming out of high school you know being the number one quarterback in the country ahead of jacob eason five-star kid um You know, he's been a big name since he was a sophomore in high school. So he did well at Ole Miss, but he probably wasn't even going to be the starter there if he didn't transfer. Um, So, you know, now he's moving into a situation where he's expected to win the starting job. Uh, He's going to impact college football. That's the reason I put him first. He's definitely going to impact college football because he's probably going to be the guy at Michigan, and everybody pays so much attention to Michigan. So we'll see if he can – you know, take them to some sort of next level, Uh, but I don't know, it's going to be very difficult, I think, with some of the things that they need to work on offensively for him to make that big difference. The the biggest thing is he can move, and their quarterbacks have been statues uh, under Harbaugh so far, so when you're talking about a guy who's, you know, a shorter version of Andrew Luck who can move around and and change the pocket and do a lot of things like that, um, who has that ability. And I'm not saying he's as good as Andrew Luck. I'm just saying that he's that type of quarterback where Andrew Luck's mobility was very underrated. Um, he was a guy who could definitely move around and extend a play. Patterson can do that. The other quarterbacks on the roster certainly could not do that. So um, will that change and that ability to improvise make such a difference that you know Michigan wins 10 games next year? I mean, I guess 2.5 is a little too much. They technically won eight games, but. Um you know they were eight and four in the regular season. So if you're talking higher than two point five, you're talking eleven and one. And that's really yeah. impossible looking at that schedule. So uh, maybe I should have done one point five. But I get that question all the time. How many wins is Shea Patterson worth? Right now he's worth none. Um, we'll see. I think he could be worth one or two, but I would go under as well if I'm saying two point five. We got a few other guys on here. Van Jefferson's very interesting, another old miss transfer. Um, going to Florida um, still as far as I know hasn't been formally cleared but probably will be Um, they need help at wide receiver they need help at the skill positions they need help on offense in many different ways so I think he's going to make an impact Jalen Hurd is an interesting one to me because I always thought he was overrated we had him as a five star coming out as a running back I didn't think he was that guy he's like Ty Isaac to me he was a big upright running back who put up huge numbers and had speed for his size, but just didn't have an, any wiggle or ability to make people miss. Um, didn't have a great career at Tennessee and then quit on his football team. Now he's at Baylor. Baylor was one of the worst football teams you're ever going to see last season. I think he's going to make an impact, but now he's playing wide receiver. Um, you know, at 6'3", whatever he weighs, 240. I guess more of a flex H-back type tight end wide receiver hybrid guy. but. uh I don't know. I mean, he's probably going to make an impact there. And um, you've also got Jake uh, Morgan, who was at Clemson, an offensive tackle, who's going to be plugged in, looks like possibly as their left tackle at Baylor. Uh, so Baylor with two guys on this. But what do you think I heard?
1: Uh, I'm not sold like you. Uh, I wasn't sold out of, out of high school. He wasn't incredibly electric when I saw him. So if he's going to play like what you call him the flex H back hybrid guy, however whatever position that's going to be, they're going to get the they're going to try to get the ball in his hands. Um, We'll see how he lasts and see how that works out. The kid I want to talk about a little bit is T.J. Simmons. I think he got lost in the shuffle a little bit at Alabama. You know Calvin Ridley was there and Jerry Judy, and then you know he got he kind of got pushed down the list a little bit. But he's going to West Virginia. And they have Will Greer and they have David Sills and they have good running backs and they have Gary Jennings and, a, a, you know, a good offensive line. They're going to be – last week we talked about TCU possibly being a sleeper team in the Big 12, but West Virginia might be the team that's really a team that pushes Oklahoma uh, in the Big 12 this year. And I think TJ, adding T.J. Simmons is going to be um, a big addition. He's a four-star kid out of high school, uh, kind of on that fringe. He wasn't in our Rivals 250. Um, but he's just another piece. And that offense this year, to me, looks like what Oklahoma State looked like last year. Tons of receivers, tons of options, all kinds of different guys, and, uh, and a quarterback who's probably going to be a first-round pick. So um, I, I think that's the guy that, that really stands out on this other than I don't think Chase. they have the
0: same running game, though, as Oklahoma State did yeah. last year, which was very underrated. And then we'll see how the defense played. The defense is, I'd say, a middling defense in the Big 12, which isn't bad. Um, maybe one of the better defenses in the Big 12 because the Big 12 is such horrible defense. But, um, yeah, West Virginia would be interesting. A lot is expected of Greer. A lot of big numbers are projected for that offense. Um, you know, and if, if they can do that, you remember Oklahoma State was the same way last year and just kind of disappointed a little bit in some aspects in key yeah. games um, where the offense just sort of sputtered. And the same thing could happen there. T.J. Simmons, though, will add depth there without a doubt, um, Deontay Anderson going to Houston, PJ Mbansor, I always screw this up, Mbanasor. I remember Jason Howell telling us the great story of how he pronounced his name, he goes, M-Banisaur. Um he's going to be <laughs> the guy that plays to replace potentially, um, you know, uh, Jair, Alexander. Jair Alexander is the big cornerback there, so. That'll be important, but with Lamar Jackson, does it really matter? Without Lamar Jackson, Louisville is not going to be the same team. Um, Jonathan Giles, who's going to LSU, put up big numbers at Texas Tech, but it doesn't matter because they don't have a quarterback at LSU. Uh, Joe Burrow, apologies to you. Uh, I think Damon Hazleton from Ball State could put up big numbers at Virginia Tech, and then Aloy Gilman. Uh, this kid is going to be a fan favorite at Notre Dame, without a doubt. He he hasn't played in a couple of years. He played. Very well. I think he had 12 tackles against Notre Dame a couple of years ago. Now he's transferred a 5.2, two star out of Utah. Gorney hating on him out of high school <laughs> in many different ways. Uh, an undersized safety. Who's one of those guys who's not afraid to sip um, his meals through a straw for the rest of his life. Cause he's just absolutely fearless.
1: Yeah. I love how that kid plays obviously a miss and you know, talking about how the sausage gets made. When you don't see a kid and he goes to Navy, uh, you're not really looking at a four-star prospect there. So a miss on my side, on my miss, part. Miss,
0: big whiff, big whiff. But uh, we'll see, we'll I, see about Shea Patterson. And, you know, somebody said, why wasn't Joe Burrow on this list? This list came out right around the time Joe Burrow was supposed to transfer to LSU. But there's no guarantee Joe Burrow is going to be a starter. Uh, you know, it's just not an impact guy to me. Even if he is the starter, I don't see him – doing anything more than Danny Etling did at LSU. I just think they've got so many problems on offense. Um, by the way, I'm watching commercials for Love Connection on Rivals. This is pretty cool.
1: Chuck Woolery Love Connection no, or the new no, one the with the new Andy one Cole. with Oh, okay. Yeah, I tried that show. I wasn't a huge fan.
0: Oh, I didn't know it started.
1: Yeah, there was season one already. Did you watch The Bachelorette
0: um, last night? You did.
1: I did, and you know what? Don't ruin it for me. I taped gonna, it. Oh, you didn't see it yet? Yeah, don't okay. ruin it for
0: me.
1: The problem with The Bachelorette, and I've seen this over the years, get worse and worse. It is literally just the same thing every year. She falls in love with a guy. Then there's a bad boy, and she doesn't realize he's a bad boy. And then people tell her she's a bad boy, and then she eliminates those people. Then she finally comes around to the realization that the, that the guy is a jerk. Then someone tries to break her heart. Then she cries on a bed in Tahiti or wherever they are. And then she finally falls in love. And then the problem with the show, really, is three months later they're broken up. When I read
2: my In Touch magazine, you <laughs> really, you're really, you're really surprised a, that there's a formula to these shows. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's, he's stunned
0: about it every time. Is there a Chad? I believe in love. Is there a Chad this year?
1: There is. Uh, I think his name is Lincoln. So we'll see. I mean, they they didn't really get into it much in the first episode. But i think as it goes on because someone calls him a pathological liar to his face oh
0: that's horrible yeah Does does he remind you of anybody we work with
1: pathological liars i am not getting into that (laughs) no no
0: no no just physically physically
1: oh uh no he's uh i think he's haitian or something like that okay
0: because chad reminded me of somebody (laughs) <laughs> so we've already talked about Shea Patterson uh, and the transition. I do want to
1: talk about Michigan really quickly. Hold on go, here. Go eight ahead. wins. Eight and five last year, right? Yeah. They only gave up 18 points a game, and they lost five games. I mean, that is pretty bad. Well, the offense stunk. That,
0: it was horrible. Well, that's what I'm and saying. The, running the game offense sort was sort of bad. The running game sort of saved them. You know, and, mm, and it wasn't a it, good running game. Uh, you know, but it, they couldn't throw the ball. They could not throw the football.
1: Did you watch Michigan the Michigan Football Series on Amazon? I did not. Is it good? You, I think you should cuz it's very insightful into, you know, even Harbaugh on the sideline and Pep Hamilton upstairs and Drevno kind of they just made it seem like he sat there and listened to Pep Hamilton and do whatever he did. Um but it seemed like, you know, we're going to go to Wilton Spate. Once he starts struggling, okay, John O'Corn. Once he starts struggling, Brandon Peters. Then Brandon Peters gets hurt every time somebody touches him, so they go back to O'Corn. There was just no semblance of any kind of anything going on at quarterback. And so, you know, Brandon Peters is back, but I don't think he has a chance in that job against Shea Patterson, right? They're going to go to Shea Patterson. But is the, the real question is, is are they going to change up the offense, or is it just going to be running Higdon, running Higdon, trying to throw, can't throw? all those kinds of problems that they had last year because if you're giving up 18 points a game you should be in the contention for a national championship
0: yeah and the defense I think will be better than it was last year because they were yeah, pretty, I do pretty, too. pretty young last year so you know we're expecting Rashawn Gary and some of those guys to take the next step and just start to dominate so I don't know we'll see but still there's this team called Ohio State and um, they're just more talented and they have more depth and they're just going to be tough to beat despite the fact that One game this season, Urban will absolutely fall on his face and call a horrible, horrible game plan, and they'll lose a game they shouldn't. Um, I still think Ohio State's the team to beat. And then, of course, Penn State with McSorley. Uh, No slouch there. Everybody says with Barkley gone, they're going to take a step back, but Miles Sanders is a heck of a running back, and uh, they've got some talent coming in there, some young talent coming in there. so. <clears throat> they got it rolling along too. So let's get to my amazing five star predictions. Uh, whenever I run out of stuff to write, I just do predictions. And that's kind of yeah, what happens. Yeah, that's always good. Yeah, because people love predictions. So I was looking at it. I was looking at, you know, Zach Pickens committed to South Carolina, which, uh, you know, predicted that properly. Um, I was like, there's not too many uh, five stars left. We've only got 17 right now. We'll end up with, in the, you know, 30 range before all is said and done but uh where are these guys gonna go it's almost june might as well start throwing darts at the dartboard uh a few of them i think are pretty easy i think Derek stingley jr to lsu is pretty easy he could commit in june i think you
1: don't think florida
0: no i mean i know it's a second trip coming up to florida i know they've got a great reputation at defensive back as well they're going to put the full court press on him they're going to try to see if they can get him and Chris Steele to to come as a package deal, um, even though they're not, you know, friendly in the, from different states. Uh, I, I know they know each other, but um, you know they're going to pitch whatever they can. But I, I still think he's going to stay home at LSU. I think Softshell sure is going to stay home at LSU too. Alabama would be a, a temptation there because he seems to be the type of kid that Alabama would just steal and nobody would realize, you know, that, that, that the kid's going to go to Alabama. But um, Clay Webb to Alabama is real simple to me. I think Zach Harrison yeah. to Ohio State is not simple because Penn State and Michigan are doing a good job there. And then the two USC kids, Brew McCoy and Chris Steele, you notice I didn't even call you to ask you your opinion on those because, <laughs> you, I mean, the, the, that's where they're probably going, right?
1: I know. I, I would say Brew McCoy is – almost definitely going to USC. Chris Steele's a little more tricky. Well, he's visiting a lot of places. Yeah, yeah, I think he wants to go to Oregon. Um, I think others close to him want him at USC. But I also think everyone around him is open to the idea of a Florida, um, possibly Oklahoma to go play with Buki, but I don't really see that happening. Um, Florida would be a big-time player there. He's going back this weekend. um, But I would say... If I had to pick, if it was signing day or he's going to commit next month, um, I would say, I would say USC.
0: Yeah, so that's what I went with too. You know, just sort of weighing all those options. Kenyon Green, I went with Texas A&M. Although I don't think anybody really knows what he's thinking. He used to be committed to LSU. They're still in there. Um, There's a lot of other schools that he's interested in. I don't think he's in a hurry to recommit to any place. But there's a lot of smoke. When it comes to Texas A&M and you know and recruiting, when there's smoke, there's fire. So um, the interesting ones were you know Quiverus Crouch, number one player in the country right now, uh, Darnell Wright, number two player in the country right now, and then Kayvon Thibodeau, your guy out of uh, the West Coast. Uh, I picked Florida State for him. Everybody thinks that he's going to be another one of these kids that looks and visits and goes and talks and says all the right things and oh, I love Florida State, I love LSU. Alabama or whoever else, and then ends up at yep. USC. I think he's going to be a kid that leaves the state. I don't know why. I don't really know him that well, um, but he's he's also like Steele, showing a lot of interest in out of state schools.
1: Yeah, he's an interesting kid too. Very academic based kid. Uh, you know, that's not going to play a major factor. I mean, is is LSU a better school than Alabama? That that could all be debated, but. Um, Florida State will be interesting he had an outstanding time when he visited there really loved the coaching staff after his Alabama visit he said that they were the team to beat Um, that was before the Florida State visit and USC has been involved for a very long time USC is always the safe pick with in-state top kids because everybody visits everybody loves their visit everybody says the things that they're going to say in April and May and June then when it comes down to it most of them pick USC but If there is one kid on this list, other than Steele, who's looking at Oregon very seriously, it's Thibodeau. Uh, I'd say Alabama is definitely still up there. He loved Florida State, felt very comfortable there. Um, And then USC is making a run. So at USC Rising Stars Camp next month, we'll see how much, you know, what the feeling is, how much the coaches are around him, how much they're pushing him, and all that kind of stuff. Um, But, you know, Florida State certainly, with Willie Taggart's connections to the West Coast, I think that, even though they're, they're one year, um, I think that could play a factor, and just the way he felt at Florida State. But I wouldn't count out Alabama or SC either.
0: And then Darnell, Wright I went with Tennessee over Alabama. Um, you know, I think it's going to be proximity to home that, that wins this battle. It, it takes a uh, it's a long trip from West Virginia to Alabama, and I know obviously Nick Saban has West Virginia ties, and you don't bet against Nick Saban when it comes to getting a top kid. But Tennessee, he's listed as his leader at different times. He grew up a a, a fan of the program, not not dream school, but fan of the program. But he's got a lot of people around him that I think like Tennessee as well. Um, from what I understand, they play Rocky Top at the end of every game uh, at his school. So I just think there's like little subtle things that tell me that Tennessee's going to win this battle. But Alabama, a lot of people think are the leader right now for Darnell Wright.
1: Him and Wanya Morris in the same class at Tennessee, that's the rebuilding. That's how you rebuild a program, right?
0: On offense, it is. I mean, start up front yeah. and you know, then on defense get some of those freaky defensive linemen. But, they, you know, they've done that. Uh, this is going to be about Jeremy Pruitt developing players rather than recruiting them. I mean, he can't recruit yeah. any better than Butch did, I, I don't think, in no. Tennessee. And they just never developed those guys. I mean, when you look at some of the five-star guys that they got, and how they've just done nothing there and when you uh, for
1: uh, when you look at khalil mckenzie in high school and he was an absolute killer and then he goes to tennessee and does absolutely nothing an entire career is that a reflection of khalil mckenzie or butch jones not developing him i'd well, say well and
0: he had injuries too and that's the tough part to really figure out you know how much yeah how much of an impact did the injuries have can you not develop a player if he is injured all the time or if he gets an injury that changes the way he plays football. Should you blame the coaches if a kid does get hurt like that? I mean, I don't really know what's inside the head of McKenzie. I don't know whether he was an underachiever or a guy who just sort of, you know, he missed his senior year of high school, um, but he was so big and so athletic. I mean, this was a 350-pound kid who could run plays down to the outside that you would just expect him to make a bigger impact than he did. So injuries hurt Tennessee quite a bit as well and maybe that's part of the reason they didn't develop kids as well as everybody expected them to but regardless if you get eight or nine five stars over a three or four year period and and none of them really stand up and play that way you got to blame the coaching staff you just can't always say well it's injuries I mean you know Malone at wide receiver could have been a much bigger weapon um, mm-hmm. You know, we mentioned some of the We mentioned McKenzie. You got a couple other defensive linemen that just didn't pan out, um, yeah. that you expected to. Uh, Jalen Hurd, five-star kid, you know, was very average. Alvin Kamara was obviously much better choice. And I think that's where coaching comes in. When you, when it's clear that Alvin Kamara is a better running back, and you're still sending Jalen Hurd up the middle for two yards of carry you got a problem with your coaches. You're picking the wrong guys yeah. to play. Um, so that's part of the problem there, too. So, But it'll be interesting if they can get those bookend offensive tackles. I mean, that's certainly something that's going to help. They've got Trey uh, Smith there already. And, um, you know, they're just maybe maybe this year in recruiting will be a solid one for Tennessee. I don't think it's going to be a top-ten finish. Uh, but I think 2020 could be if they get some momentum going this year, and Darnell Wright would really help that. Now, Crouch, I can't really tell. He likes Alabama. He likes Tennessee. He likes South Carolina. He likes Clemson. I went with Clemson because they just recruit so well. They're recruiting at such a high level. Um, I think they can convince the kid that, hey, you know, whatever position you want to play, if you want to be a hybrid guy on defense, if you want to play running back on offense, which I think he's sort of given up on, um, we're going to make you a better football player and By the way, look at what we've done with our defensive linemen. If you grow into a defensive lineman, uh, we're we're sending four guys to the pros next year. Three of them will probably be first-rounders. So I think that could impact him quite a bit. But he does like Alabama and South Carolina, and, and Alabama certainly sent their share as well. So I just guessed Clemson. Just guessed. That's all it is
1: in four years from now do you think this kid is dylan moses size do you think he's bo scarborough size do you think he's austin bryant size because it's it's weird because it's almost like he could be a running back a linebacker a defensive end all in all right now you know i think it's he's hard to say.
0: austin bryant size you know i i don't think he's gonna be i don't think he's you know remember a lot of people thought dylan moses was going to grow into jadavian Clowney. The yeah third, right. you know in eighth grade and ninth grade people expected him to Just grow into a six foot six uh, defensive end, and it just didn't happen. I think this kid's still growing a little bit, but I think he's going to top out around six foot four, and then I think he could play around two hundred and fifty pounds and be a defensive end. I think he's going to be too big to play linebacker, although he is very athletic and he could be a big linebacker. And you know, Austin Bryan, if I remember correctly, out of high school was one of those massive kids who played linebacker, Um, and it was just a weird. Situation where you see a kid who's so big standing up, and it just helped him quite a bit in his career uh, to be able to work in space and do a lot of different things. So um, I'm not comparing him to Austin Bryant. I, I've always said he's a bigger Ernie Sims uh, to me, but Ernie Sims ended up playing linebacker, and this kid will probably... You know, Von Miller is, is some, something people have compared him to, and I, I don't agree with that. It, it was kind of like when Fournette was compared to Adrian Peterson. I was like, no, yeah. they don't have the same running style at all. Von Miller is 10 times quicker off the edge than pretty much anybody else in the world. Um, and Crouch isn't that type of guy. So I, I've seen Von Miller. Maybe his coach was the one who compared him to Von Miller. Or maybe it was somebody, uh, one of our competitors compared him to Von Miller. But I, I don't see that. I'm, he's a tough comparison because uh, he plays yeah. running back and and linebacker that's why the ernie sims things come out to me but ernie sims was six foot even this kid's much bigger than that
1: what about a taller reuben foster
0: um it's tough to say which reuben foster i mean that's the question we saw the fat reuben foster in high school we saw the th- yeah we saw, the, that's we saw the, true. the thin reuben foster in high school we saw the fat reuben foster in college and then his last year we saw the thin reuben foster the explosive thin reuben foster is better than Covarez Crouch. Um, yeah. The, and it, it, you know, fat's relative. I'm fat. You know, <laughs> Ruben Foster wasn't fat. He was just carrying some extra weight. Um, right. It's like the kid who went to Ohio State. What's his name? Raekwon. Um, yeah. You know, every time you saw him, you saw something different. He was like either too heavy or he was, you know, in shape. Um, those type of guys are tough to compare. So, I, I don't know. I guess he's Quivera's Crouch. That's who he is. Yeah. He's his own person, and he's got his own identity, and his own brand, and blah, blah, blah. Who was it the other day? Some kid put out that he's committed to Florida State, but here's my top ten. This is what's best for my brand. I almost threw up. I almost, oh, I almost deleted God. Twitter when I saw him say, this is the best for my brand. <laughs> I was like, uh, I've got a top 10 but I'm committed. I'm like, yeah, we've seen that before. You don't have no brand. But I've never yeah. heard anybody mention that it's good for their brand to do that. Actually, you know what? It hurts your brand cuz you look like a complete idiot doing it. But uh um, you know. I, I,
1: that's what I say to people though that I'm not fat, I just carry extra weight. That that seems better. I'm too short. It makes me feel better.
0: I'm too short. That's my problem. I need to be about 6'11" and then Yeah, I'd stretch it out I'd a be little perfect. bit. You know, like taffy. I would be carrying the perfect amount of weight. If I was six foot eleven, but I'm not. I'm six foot one, so I'm a little pudgy. But you know, uh, Reuben Foster was in a little bit better shape than me. Although I think that year at the opening, I could have done more than he did. Um, I think he he tested once. He ran the forty, came up lame, and then took a. What did he take? Like an illegal trip to some school or something I don't
1: know Uh, allegedly yeah (laughs) let's not go there We don't even know where he went but we know we know he did
0: two things that were wrong one was NCAA illegal and the other was just plain old illegal so uh, yeah you know it's not a surprise that Ruben Foster's in a little bit of trouble in the NFL even though those those charges were apparently made up and she recanted and he's not you know obviously they dropped the charges against him he's going to get in trouble again Uh, just to let you 49er fans know um, that's where he's at he's with san francisco right
1: yeah and i'm sure the 49ers paid overtime for the vetting on him going in so let's just leave it at that
0: yeah well it's always interesting to see what they dig up oh look at this nick lucero came up with a new five-star logo nice okay i'm gonna retweet that if you want to check out my feed? That—that's probably exciting. That'll get me at least a follower.
2: That's our first Nick Lucero okay. mention on the podcast.
0: Oh, it is. Is it N I C or N I C K? N I C K. Has there been any bachelor Rhett contender that looks like Nick Lucero?
1: <laughs> no. Or reminds you of Nick Lucero.
0: It... What about the guy who? Uh, <laughs> what about the guy who was the? You know, Lick Nisera.
1: <laughs> who is Nassero. that? Did I? Did I call <laughs> that, him that? That's like his Saturday Night Swinger Party name. <laughs> Nick Lucero.
0: I don't know. It reminds me a little bit of the guy who ended up getting married. The guy who was the. Um, he, I don't want to say what he was because will they cut cut it? I mean, he was a he was a fer- fertilization say. expert.
1: Uh, oh, you know oh, you know who I'm uh, talking about, right? I, I, I do. He didn't win, though, did he? No, but he ended up getting married. Oh, really? Bachelor in Paradise, he hooked
0: up with somebody and then ended up getting married. That's how much I know about this stuff. It's pretty sad.
1: Yeah, you know Ashley from Bachelor in Paradise? The one that always cried but kind of looked like the Kardashians? Yes. She ended up marrying uh, the guy that she was pursuing that hated her on Bachelor no, in Paradise. No. The... They got married. Yeah. What's it? J- uh, Jake? Nick, J- Jared? J- Jared. They got married? Yeah. They got married. Wow.
0: That's happy. That makes me happy.
1: Isn't that amazing? All right,
0: let's go to Steve Clarkson as we segue from the Bachelorette to Steve Clarkson and your quarterback retreat thoughts.
1: Okay, so uh, let me start here. It's So it's you agree with, with me, first beautiful? of all, that,
0: that Tag, Tag, he, t- Tuga, 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 gaga, his brother is better,
1: right? No. <laughs> no. What? No. Um, his brother is better. Beautiful area, Pacific Palisades is right on the it's like on a cliff overlooking uh the Pacific Ocean right off PCH. But the problem, Mike, was I left I live an hour and twenty minutes from there. I left the event at two forty five PM and I got home at six ten. Nice. Three forty 45, so, five, four
0: forty five, five forty five. So three and a half hours it took you to get home.
1: Three and a half hours. Memorial day traffic. Everybody was at the beach. It was just awful. So Please, it's not that great of a great of a thing to do. So stay off the roads, people. Stay off the roads.
0: It's Memorial Day weekend. What <laughs> do you want? So who impressed you?
1: I know, I know. who impressed me. DJ Ugo Le- Waigalele was the best one there. Twenty twenty quarterback. He's six, six, 235. Looks like he's you know all those college quarterbacks were there, and he looked like he fit right in already. He's got a little. You'll see him at the five star, Mike. He's got a little bit of a wind up. He. uh He kind of dips the ball and then fires it but it no problems it comes out so clean so fast he was the best one there bryce young very smooth the only the only problem with bryce young and it will continue to be a problem is uh he's small he's probably five ten and a half um so you're thinking you know baker mayfield size when he got to oklahoma kyler murray maybe uh that kind of thing uh that's going to be a problem Jay Butterfield, the 2020 quarterback from Northern California, was very good. Uh, Aaron McLaughlin, the 2021 quarterback, so he's just finishing up his freshman year, already huge. Um, you know. He's I think he's got some mechanical issues to continue to work on, but he's only a freshman in high school, so he's got a lot of potential. Grant Gunnell, I think, brought up the rear in terms of those five. Um, struggles throwing spirals a lot, uh, doesn't really get it out with a tremendous amount of zip. But is a kid that can move a little bit. I think he's most comfortable sitting in a shotgun and throwing the ball around. Um, he can move and throw, um, but his arm strength was not comparable to the Wagalele's. The Wagaleles of, the, of so, the world. So how was <laughs> to his brother? Oh, to his brother. So. Okay, so he's got a he's got a really, really strong arm. I mean, he spins it well, he zips it all over the field, and he can make all the throws. The problem with him is that his, how do I say this gently, his build isn't that of what you would look for in a college quarterback. It's not that he's fat, it's just that, or he carries more weight. Um, You know, he's got kind of the slump shoulders. He's got like a narrow build. He's not super tall. I'd say he's probably just a little taller than Bryce Young. When you see Tua now, I mean, he's a year and a half into Alabama, but even in high school, he had more of an athletic build, uh, you know, You know, threw it really well, moved really well all those kinds of things so no, I don't think Tua's brother Tua's brother probably throws a football harder than Tua throws it but in terms of overall talent I would still give the edge clearly to Tua and just the way he looks, Tua just looks better but the kid can definitely develop into a pretty special quarterback he's a righty you don't like Tua because he's a lefty if Tua was a righty you would love him Um, and and they're definitely they're definitely uh, you know projection things there I, I think in two years now no quarterback in the nfl has thrown no lefty quarterback has thrown in a touchdown yeah it's just the um, way
0: life is i mean you have to you have to look at history in certain aspects and you know it's just not that it's not a desirable thing to be a left-handed quarterback period
1: just- yeah so so when you look at Tua's brother you're like hmm you're you're interested to see he throws a football great i mean it's beautiful it's a great ball his you know his physical build though is not exactly there to be what i would consider an elite quarterback does he player. look
0: like Mike juarez
1: <laughs> i see what you did there mike did you i'm not going there oh. oh god he looks not Mike juarez uh you know other than at army <laughs> as, uh, that's other. right he just gained all that weight when he went to army other than that he looked great <laughs> he did I'm telling you he did (laughs) um so so that was that the college quarterbacks everybody was there uh let's see Will Greer was there and a lot of West Virginia garb all over I think it was his family though Jake Fromm was there Shea Patterson Jacob Eason you know what was interesting is I was going down the list of guys that were that were there and look to be starters at least this this year down the road almost half of them were transfers um yeah. it was amazing how many kids transferred Will Greer uh yep. Jacob Eason Shea Patterson I'd, ha- I'd have to get my list of guys but uh th- there were so many transfer quarterbacks um it- it's amazing A- A- Hunter Johnson was there uh Trevor Lawrence was there with his flowing locks still <laughs> Um. So it was. It was. Uh, it was. It was good to see those guys, and it's amazing because they're no. They're no taller than they were in high school, but they just like you know got jacked up in the college weight rooms, and they just look like men now. You know.
0: Are you gonna be surprised when Trevor Lawrence wins two Heisman's
1: No, not at all. all right. Um, I, I I would be surprised if if um, if he's not the starter. Let me look at their. Let me look at their schedule. I think I think Kelly Bryant is getting the Eason treatment here, and he's going to be nudged aside pretty quickly. Um, Furman, I, I would say, I would say both will play against Furman, and then Clemson goes to Texas A and M, and the first time Kelly Bryant throws an incompletion, Trevor Lawrence <laughs> is in the game. <laughs> and then doesn't win
0: the Heisman as a freshman, but wins the Heisman as a sophomore and junior, goes on to be the number one NFL draft pick and a superstar nfl career i would not be
1: shocked at all by that any of that
0: and, and that's um, that's bino cook talk but with a real 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 talented kid i mean this kid is just unbelievable so
1: another you wonder another against uh Paulus. you wonder <laughs> you wonder what uh what happens to justin fields at georgia this year does does he play? Does he He'll transfer. beat out Jason? He's not going to transfer He'll this transfer. year. He'll
0: transfer in a year. Uh, it, it's just hard to keep these guys happy, and it's nothing against yeah. Justin Fields. It's just like if he's not playing, and he could play for 30 other colleges. And again, I'm not defending it because it annoys the heck out of me. You know, like I, I, I was all cranky last week about Hunter Johnson transferring, but they just they want to play. That's it. They want to play, and they yeah. want to play now. They don't want to wait. They don't want a red shirt. They don't want to, you know, wait their turn, blah, blah, blah. It's not like Fromm is like going to be the beginning and end all of of NFL quarterbacks. Although, now that we've seen Baker Mayfield go number one, I I don't know (laughs) what really, I don't know what limitations you could have to not be the number one pick, if that makes any sense. I I mean, he's not big, he's got off field issues. Um, you, you know he's just he's a winner and he does a lot of great improvising and, and he's very very good outside the pocket but he can't really throw in the pocket and he's the number one overall pick so so that being said you know Jake Frum could be the number one overall pick I guess but I just look at him as a guy that you know isn't going to be you know a, a for sure three and out and you know top two pick Um, Right. But I could be wrong. I mean, the way he played as a freshman, he's going to be a three and out and a top two pick. Um, He could take a step backwards. And if he does, then it's going to be real interesting to see, you know, how they manage the two of them. Um, But you have two five-star quarterbacks, one's going to transfer. That's just the way it is. I can't remember the last time two five-star quarterbacks. I think it might have been DJ Shockley years and years and years ago. Uh, that just hung around and, and waited. It just doesn't happen. So um, nothing against Georgia. Georgia fans probably be upset hearing this, but one of them is going to be gone. I don't know when, but that's just life.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, Georgia went back to back to back five, uh, five stars, right? Easton to Fromm to Fields, and two of them might transfer.
0: <laughs> so let's go to the NBA. Because everybody wants to hear our NBA. Yeah, everybody wants to hear our predictions. Uh, obviously, I think if Houston had won, I would give LeBron a chance. But when you're talking about Golden State, I don't know. I don't know. I, they got lucky. They got super lucky. But LeBron's got no supporting cast. It's just it's the worst team ever. So I'm saying <laughs> Golden State's
1: going to win in six. I would be shocked if it goes six. Um, The only reason I would think it could possibly go six is because LeBron James is the best player ever, and the the debate over Michael Jordan and LeBron is so annoying and so stupid. It is annoying, and Um, really
0: you can't say who's the best because they played in different eras. I'm old enough to where I saw both of them, obviously, in their prime. primus on both of them. Uh, You know, you didn't see LeBron in college, but I saw him in high school. You know, I can safely say that the better basketball player – is LeBron James I mean he's what six foot seven 270 pounds and he's just an absolute machine but does that mean he's better you know all, all time over Michael Jordan you know who is probably the most clutch player that I've ever seen you can't say that um, so I think both of them are the best of their eras and we will leave it at that but it is it is a debate that's going to go on forever and uh, I don't think it's ever going to change. I mean, if LeBron wins this year with this cast, maybe I'd say, boom, done. Forget it. He's the best ever. But that 3-5 and five record in the finals, uh, everybody points to that.
1: I know I'm cheering for Cleveland because Steph Curry is so annoying to watch. It's just hard to watch. Uh, Steve Kerr. I'm starting to sour on him, and Dave Barry's a big Golden State Warrior bandwagon. Oh, thing. yeah. So, yeah. Were you watching the Golden State Warriors when Joe Barry Carroll was out there? I was watching when no. when
2: uh, Run TMC was there. <laughs> Run TMC. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: I'm cheering for Cleveland. I I I really was not a huge LeBron fan because I think he mugs for the camera too much. But as he's gotten older. I uh, I've become a very big fan. Um, you know, he's just so friggin' good at what he does, and for with a team, the team surrounding him, for him to get to eight straight NBA Finals is incredible. And I hope he wins. Go LeBron.
0: And I'm still picking the Capitals to win the NHL Stanley Cup. You know,
1: I can't get into that for oh some reason. Oh my God, that reason. game was so good. I know you didn't watch the game. No, you
0: watched the Bachelorette.
1: I was watching Game 7. I know. Last night we watched 90 Day Fiancé, which is the best show that on television. That is the best show on television. It is so It is unbelievable. Awesome. If,
0: they should make like 5-hour episodes of that every day.
1: I know. I wish they just had their own channel. I wish they had their own channel. I don't know which um, one I don't know so which one good. I like.
0: The the loser who's living in the firehouse. Um <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's awesome the, the, with his wife, or the, who refuses
0: the super chubby girl who's getting played by the guy from Morocco.
1: Yeah, who now he can't get his visa because he has uh, connections to drug traffickers. That's I, I awesome. I think my
0: favorite though is is the, uh, the the pot dealer and the super hot Russian girl.
1: Yeah, and Fisa and George. Yeah, yes. he doesn't have a. Okay, l- let me let me see how this works. He doesn't have a job. Well, he, he was work.
0: he was. Supposedly, supposedly had a medicinal marijuana shop but I guess that was
1: a lie <laughs> that was a lie and why is he always living in hotels can he? Can he afford an apartment because Anfisa kicked him out and now he's living in hotels for like a year I don't know it's such an
0: amazing show though
1: I mean I'm in a hotel for a week at Army and I'm about to hang myself from the chandelier I couldn't imagine <laughs> being in a hotel for a year Ugh. I can't imagine her giving him like 15 different chances well, that's the that's the thing. Um, uh, and Fisa, you know, I said to my wife yet last night, like George is calling her from the laundromat, and she's probably at a party in Beverly Hills. Like, I, 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 The only thing I can think is that the show is paying her enough money to, to put up with him. But I think that the best one is the, uh, the guy who lives in the firehouse with his wife from Thailand, <laughs> 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 and his friend. Who is basically bankrolling all of his stuff? Yep, cuts him he off. Was, cut, cut him off, and he was like, "What the hell? He wants rent for this." Place? And then, that is, it, then his great. kid
0: gets shot in the face. <laughs> in the I face. mean, that guy. Is. And he looks like he looks like the penguin. He <laughs> he, does. he is an he ugly, does. ugly dude. But
1: would you rather live in Thailand or live with him in Louisville? I don't know. In a I firehouse. Think, I think I'd stay. In, I'd stay. In, <laughs> I love, when, I love their garage door. It's literally like a firehouse door rolling. It out. is.
0: It's great. And they got the, the circular stairs and the pole and everything. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, it's like Ghostbusters. It's really a great show. But I was not watching oh, that instead so of Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final. I'm not that bad. Unlike Mr. Gorney, who will watch every... Yeah,
1: no, we, wa- we watched that. Then I watched Game 7. Had to pause Game 7 with six minutes left to put my daughter to sleep got a got an an alert on my phone that Golden State won and I was mad, so I came back down, we just started the Bachelorette. But I lost interest. Those those opening nights are so boring. And until they get to like five, I'm I'm kind of just cruising nah, through that, it now. That
0: game was a uh, that game won of the NHL. <clears throat> Stanley Cup finals was unbelievable game. It was just unbelievable. You missed
1: it. I'll get into it.
0: Six to four it was High scoring, a lot of hitting, a lot of scrappiness. Now it's going to make the NHL look like a joke if an expansion team wins the Stanley Cup in their first year, but which is likely to happen as things look right now. But I'm still going with the Capitals. So, so that's our breaking uh,
1: news, Mike. What? ABC cancels Roseanne. Wow. Good.
0: You know what? I never liked that show when it was on way back when. And th- no, these, it's great. These show. reboots of these shows are annoying. They're just annoying. Come up with something new. You know, enough of remaking movies. Enough of remaking TV shows. Come up with something new, and then maybe I'll watch it. I mean, there should be a 90 Day Fiance movie. I would watch. I
1: wish there was. I wish there was like a 90 Day, but like a. You know who's another good one is uh, Pedro and the girl in Atlanta, whose family hates him because uh Pedro's family fed him chicken feet when they went to the Dominican. I hate him. (laughs) I hate. I don't know if I hate him or Luis worse. I love how they have no money. Chantel is always complaining about having no money. But Pedro has a gaming system in his house that runs. He's got a gaming system with country.
0: a freaking steering wheel. <laughs> yeah, he's got like four TV screens. <laughs> and they have no money. And this guy is like got uh, at least $20,000 worth of video gaming stuff. And yeah, that's it's all amazing. he does. <laughs> he doesn't work, he just plays video games all the time.
1: Yeah. And I love that the mother always calls, asking where the TV is, because she she needs him to send a TV. And his
0: English is the worst English I've ever heard in my entire life.
1: Oh yeah, I, yeah. I don't I don't even think he's practicing. It. No,
0: he's not trying to learn anything. How do you learn in a video game?
1: I know. Unless they're telling it to you on Call of Duty, I don't think he's he's learning.
0: Yeah. So, anyways, that's forty nine minutes of great podcast for everybody. So. Thanks for listening. You can wrap it up, Dave.
2: All right. Well, I'll, I'll tell everybody our Twitter handles again, in case anyone's still listening. Uh, Mike is at RivalsMike, and, and, and uh, Gorney is at Adam Gourney. We will see everybody again next week.